Hey, board gamers, BJ from Board Game Gumbo here. And Mitchell from nowhere. Back in the gumbo yeah. pot? <laughs> Mitchell, we haven't seen you in forever, Mitchell. Yeah, theater uh, has been taking up a lot of my time. I haven't yeah. seen you on the Beans and Dice podcast. I know. I, I hear you're making fun of me some of those nights whenever I, I'm not there. You know? I've actually called in as you sometimes. <laughs> I like that bit. You should keep it up. <laughs> I, I keep trying to do it. Ron's been the Ron's kind of taking your place as the, yeah. the, the first caller. There was one night a couple weeks ago I had some time and I called in and I sniped in before him and I think he probably got a little upset. But yeah, that, that was my spot. I'm just letting him hold it for a little bit. So I had Jeremy Howard on the show uh, mm-hmm. two weeks ago. I saw you guys were talking about the show. And we were talking about the show, mm-hmm. right? And he was like, I don't, I don't know what this is. I said, do you like sports talk shows? And he was like, yeah, I love those. He said, you know what? I'm going to call that show one Thursday night. I'm just going to pretend to be like Eddie from Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah. and, see if they and then I saw you had mentioned that the time when Tom Vassell called in, they had uh, no idea. Oh, so you yeah. did see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah and then, you know, uh, Wayne was like, no, 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 come on. You know, he's like making excuses. Like, no, Wayne, there's no excuse. You should have picked up those. Everybody in the chat knew who it was. They claimed something about those headphones they were wearing were distorting things, but they can recognize our voices when we call. So. Right away, right away. Tom from Florida. Who else could that be? <laughs> and whenever he's, he, I remember Carlos was like, you know, so who do you play games with? He's like, you know, the guys at work. You know, yeah, the guys <laughs> at work. Every once in a while, you could see he had a big smirk on his face. Yeah. when he was talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the Beans and Dice. Shout out to the Beans and Dice podcast. That's every Thursday night. Yep, at uh, 8 p.m. Central or 9 p.m. Eastern if you're actually from Florida where they are. But, right. For yeah. us, it's 8 p.m. Right. You know what? I got another shout out for you. What's that? Our friend, the J-Bell, is at Unpub right now, demoing some games. Uh, he's got a couple of new games that he's been working on, including a really fun game that I got to play. I think I think he's talked about it publicly, so I can talk about it. Where you, He's made, imagine a Stratego board, but with car, corrugated cardboard. Okay. And instead of Stratego pieces, you're chunking dice at those corrugated things. And wherever it lands, that's the power you get. So it could be points. It could be moving stuff around. The end game is trying to get as many of your dice on the biggest point scoring areas. So kind of like tumbling dice a little bit. That's what I told him. He he wasn't familiar with the game, so he had no idea. But it's it's like his version of tumbling dice, but where you chunk it at him. So you can hit other people's dice on purpose. Mm. You can try to do it. The only problem is if you're too aggressive, you bounce on somebody else's and it goes off the board, you get your dice back, but now it's one less. So even if you throw a six, it's only a five. Or if it's, you throw mm. a two, it's only a one. You know? Gotcha. So, is he playtesting, and I think he's talked about this one before, the, the trick-taking game where you're trying to make words? That is the one he's making with Steve. Uh, I think he's bringing out there. I can't remember the name. That one was fun. That was very, very unique. Yeah, that's a good one. We played it. Did we play that one together? I I don't think I played it with you. I think I played it with Jeremy. Yeah, that's the name father, Steve O'Rourke, that he's playing it with, uh, that he's uh, designing it with. I just, I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, me neither. Something something words? He also has a new one, and this one I can talk about because I was telling you right before we started Mm -hmm. that it's actually public. He's been posting on Twitter, but apparently he's working on a game about the band Lawrence. And it'll be a quick little 15 or 20 minute, you know, kind of a filler game, mm-hmm. but where you're playing as the band Lawrence out on tour doing stuff. You know, any kind of unique theme like that, that to me, that's, that's, that's a kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of unique themes. Blaze. Respect the, respect the segue. <laughs> <laughs> blazing, blaze on. How do you, is this, you know. I say blazing. Blazing. Yeah. yeah. That's how I say it as well, but I wasn't sure. So. Take it away. Tell us about Blazing. Yeah, sure. So you're basically creating your heraldic crest for your family, um, you know, back in the gap in medieval times, I suppose. Um, and so we are going to be drafting cards and playing them to our board. Um, it's not super complicated. On your turn, you can either get two cards or play a card. Those are your two actions. 
Um, there's two different kinds of cards. These are called tinctures and these are called elements. For simplicity purposes, I just call them circles and squares based on the icons up here. Um, because whenever you're playing them to your board, you have to match the symbol and the shape. Um, and whenever you're playing uh, some type of element or tincture to your board, um, you're going to get points according to uh, the number on the shield, um, but you also have to discard cards equal to that number or more than it uh, to play it. You know, it could change, of course. No you, change. No change. Okay. Even if you can play multiple cards on your turn if you, if you have enough, but you can't use the change from one card to pay for another card. Um, and yeah, you have these global goals. You're trying to get certain icons on your, your crest. Um, you also have um, some limitations right here. So your tinctures, the, these... Uh, slashes on the equal signs you can't have the same tincture or circle symbol in this row or in this column right here otherwise it's pretty self-explanatory um we'll get these little uh, animal crests to put on our uh, our shields uh, whenever we get to the uh, multiples of 10 if we're the first ones there everybody else gets a little um quill yeah oh, cool. um, basically once on your turn you can do a free action which will basically let you take a card from anywhere including the display um the discard or play a card for a cost of one and the, or ink, refresh the, and the ink actions are listed on the board. Right, right. so th okay. this is your regular action, this or this, and these are your equal actions. And uh, yeah, we're going to go until the, the board is covered, or you've done all your global goals, or you have gotten to 50 points. And then you're going to get points for um, having the most of each of these uh, symbols the here. Symbols, right. Yeah. right. Um, your points from your global goals, points for your inkwells, and these animals, and then points for covering your board. The only thing that's a little... Uh, can be a little confusing is you you have to align your cards within each row to be the same so like you know this could be pink or green so if i choose to match it to pink all the rest of my cards have to be on the bottom oh yeah you can use this guy right here to break that rule but if you don't fix it on a future turn you're going to lose eight points at the end of the game and that's what's kind of cool you can fix it and then come back later and put it mm -hmm. back on by just putting a card back on over it right right you can essentially overwrite the card and fix it um if it wasn't the right symbol or it was the wrong alignment even and if you don't want to use this it is possible for you to change the alignment of a whole row by covering all the cards in one turn. Um, I, what I really like about it is you can really audit your points because during the game they're all going to be coming from the cards. Um, yeah, there's a couple little catch-up mechanics like if you're the first one to um, to go on a specific goal, everybody else is going to get an ink well. But uh, that's pretty much the game. It's uh, Mechanically it's very simple, but man, it is uh, brain-burning in a good way whenever you're trying to figure out where to put these different pieces. So we, we start off with a hand of four cards. You want to? I notice that this looks a little bit different from the way I played it. So this is these are the two player sided of the cards. Two player sides of the cards is what it is. Yeah. So each card uh, is double sided. So for the different player counts, you can flip it around. Um, so it, the only thing that's different is it's going to change the amount of victory points that um, the different placements get. This was a much bigger deal. We played with four players yesterday, and getting first on here was seven points, as opposed to with two players, it's only three points. So. In my experience, my two games I've played, I feel like this is going to be less what you're relying on in a two-player game, these global goals, even though they're very tempting. But um, you're, it's only a two-point spread difference as opposed to uh, seven points whenever you're playing with four people. That makes sense. Yeah. How do you determine first player? Uh, it's just random. Why don't you go first? Yeah, I'll let you go. That okay. way I can, I can kind of refresh my memory. Sure. It's been a year since I played this. I played a pre-production copy mm -hmm. during the Kickstarter campaign, but it's fulfilled uh, to all the backers. You can get it out in retail right now. You found it online, right? Yeah, yeah. Fun Again. Uh, it was on, uh, had a good price, 20 something bucks on Fun Again with their uh, liquidation that they're going through right now. So uh, I picked it up and uh, yeah, I was glad I got it. I liked it even more than I thought I would. I got it mostly just on the theme. It looked pretty cool. Um, this is a theme right up your alley. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. If it only it came with a big oversized sword. <laughs> I know. I mean, maybe that's the expansion. You know, the oh, sword yeah. goes behind it. 
That's another thing I like about this game. That's my third one I've played, and it's all been pretty close. Every time we played it, it was really close. Mm -hmm. um, there's not a lot of player interaction because I really wasn't paying attention to yeah. your board. And the only reason is there's so much to think about yes. on your own yeah. board. I think that if you played, if this is one of those games that you and your wife or your family played a lot, mm -hmm. you would probably get to be where I'm going to snap those cards out, you know? Yeah. Because early in the game, there's a lot of room for maneuvering. But right. No, late, late in the game, game exactly. Like, I don't even care what Yeah, we really could have screwed each other up um, early if we were game. looking at each other's boards. I agree. But yeah, there's a lot going on for you to think about, to be thinking about somebody else as well. But I like it, and it's quick, and I played it with four players yesterday, and it wasn't too much longer uh, regardless, so it's not going to slog on. Uh, I don't remember any of our games ever taking longer than about 30 minutes. Yeah, Does I mean, the box says 30 right? to 60 minutes. Uh, with four players, it was probably about 45 minutes yeah. yesterday. I know two-player games were right at 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. 45 minutes sounds about right. I'd have to go back and check the tape. But, I mean, it's a lot of game for such a, sh a small package in, in terms of time. I mean, you know. But this little mechanic here with the, you know, up or down... It really takes some planning. You know, I, oh, yeah. I had to really think about it. I saw, I think it was a the Board Game Go Co video. Some people in the comments were saying they wish that as you were laying cards, you were actually creating the crest, which I think would be cool, but that would, I don't know how you would do that. You wouldn't be able to see the icons and stuff. You know, how like in Canvas, you're making a picture, mm -hmm. that yep. kind of thing. But with this kind of mechanic, I don't think that'd be possible. Uh, I mean, they kind of got that going. You know, you have a, you know, green on it and whatever a label it's, it's telling you what's on it it's just you don't visually it's see telling it. you what's on the shield right you're mm -hmm. you're getting all these little things and you know but i see what you're saying it's not quite the same as actually building out the shield but then you'd lose all the different things you'd exactly. have to have it on a separate sheet. exactly it, so I, I don't think it's possible yeah. um but I think this, the theme still comes through. I, I, I like the theme. It's fun. It's unique. I haven't seen any games like this You could before. drill it down and all it is is colors and symbols and things. But that's not the way. The way that they designed the game from an aesthetic standpoint, it does feel like you're putting stuff on a shield. You yeah. know? So I do, I do like that part. Yep. And that's Blazin from... Um, 25th Century. Yeah. It's Dave Conklin with gorgeous art, as usual, from Ian O'Toole. He's just a master, uh, master craftsman when it comes to board game art. Fantastic stuff. I like uh, even the, the, the crenellations of the castle. Isn't They're being used for the uh, the global goals. Well, that's that a cool unique. touch, right? Mm -hmm. And and here here's one thing that I'd forgotten about when I was watching the video to to prep for it. Like this is just such a perfect demarcation, right? Between, between the tinctures. The two. And yeah. The, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you look at that, it's like it's got a perfect thing, and it fits with the schematic of the of the book with the little bookmark. Mm -hmm. You know. And these cards are really cool too. Like you're not having to go through your deck and take out all the cards that aren't two player. You know, you just flip them around. It's what's on the back side? Uh, different player counts. So there's three players and oh, there's four pull players. Pull out the card and it's two, three, and four are all on the same card. Yep. That's that's excellently designed. And, and these there's five different decks, so you get one of each. So they'll never all be the exact same kind. You know. But yeah, so my game. All right, that's Blazing from 25th Century Games. Thanks to Mitchell for uh, giving the refresher. And if you like puzzle games, there's just no reason not to play this game. Jeremy, our friend, uh, he loves spatial puzzles. He's like, this is just a spatial puzzle, and I love it so much. And I'm usually not good at puzzle games, stuff like that, yeah. but something about this, I don't know, maybe it's the theme. It, it, it doesn't feel like a puzzle. Um, it feels like I'm, you know, trying to line up things for my family, you know. I just, I love the artwork, and that really, it carries the theme for me. This is one where... A lot of people say oh, all that aesthetic stuff doesn't really matter. This is one where the aesthetics make it into that shield game that, that we like. So, Definitely. And it's a, it's a cool thing. Mm -hmm. Very cool. All right, man. I forgot how much I like this game. Mm -hmm. This is neat.
So many cards too. Yeah, I took a gamble on it. I, I, I do this all the time. I buy games just because they look cool before I play them. And I was very pleasantly surprised. Had you remembered that we had played it before? Or you didn't even know. I don't think I had it. seen that that didn't uh, even stream. Know about it. Just I know you you had posted about it whenever you were in Dallas a while back. Uh, you had seen it on the stores. Oh yeah, Common yeah. Ground. I, I was kind of uh, pleasantly surprised to see it at Common Ground. Yeah. Have you been there? No, no. Okay. I tried to get. We were in Dallas the same weekend, and you had posted. Uh, about well, you it. were that, weren't you? Yeah, the, we were in the following same, weekend, right? I think it was the same week. Like you were coming mm -hmm. home as I was going out, exactly. And you had mentioned Common Grounds, and I tried to get my wife to go. And yeah. what no, a no luck. This, even my wife was like, "Wow, there's so much here," and she's not a game buyer at all. She is not a game buyer, and she had three games. She was walking around with three games. <laughs> like, what are you doing? That's awesome. In fact, she ended up buying a game, and I didn't. What'd she buy? Uh, we bought the Lost Ruins of Arnak expansion. Oh, Expedition Leaders. Expedition, Expedition Leaders. Man, that, that expansion completely changes that game. I love that thing. Don't you, don't you think it, it just makes the game what it needs to be right there? It's like yeah. there's no reason not to play without the... Mm -hmm. I mean, number one, the cards are just seamless. You're just sticking cards in. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like, I don't remember the theme, but the, the guy who uses the fear cards is like a shaman or yeah, something. Yeah, like, That's I mean, pretty cool. He's... He's tricky though. Yes, yes. I don't very, think I'm, very tricky. I don't think I've ever actually played with him, but there's always been someone in the games that I played um, that has him, and it's like she that plays is the same person every time. She loves the money lady. I uh, can't think of um, the heiress is what it is. And there's one that has the snacks, and like you can do an action again. The or snack something one like. is hard. Mm -hmm. It's really, it's it's almost, it's not quite programming, but you really have to think in terms yeah. of what you're doing with those snacks. Oh, that is a tough one. I like the the Falconeer guy. That's my favorite. Where it's like, you, you how far do you want to push it and whenever you call him back? Yep. It reminds me of actually the Dune expansion. Have you played Rise of Vix? Uh, the shipping track? Yeah. They're very similar. No, I like any of those games that have that slingshot where you're like, okay, I'm going to keep going, I'm going to keep mm -hmm. going, and I'm going to pull it back. Yeah. And it's very thematic when you think about it. You're yeah, exactly. If he can What's go farther, is, he can get better things. It's called the Falconer, yet it looks like an eagle ah, well. in the actual artwork. <laughs> so I'm not sure that it translated to English very well. But um, I just love that mechanic. I'm just going to keep pushing and pushing. And boy, the more you can push it out there, the, you get such a great action when you pull it back. Yeah, the longer you can wait. But then sometimes you have to pull it in earlier because you just need something in that moment. Yep. Nope. Fantastic. CGE, by the way, has been... Talking up the newest expansion. There's another There's one coming another out. One? Okay. Yeah, another one coming out. So we'll have to keep an eye out for that. I, I didn't remember that you're a big Arnak fan. I know you and I played it once. Oh, and I, I, I this together. I love yeah. Arnak. Yeah, I taught it at. Um, I think you whooped our butts in it, if I remember right. You were like, I don't still playing it. We we're all finished, and you're <laughs> That's still such playing. A thing. I love games like that yeah. where you can do that. I know it's not fun the for the other people, thing, but <laughs> yeah, the tapestry thing. Yeah. It's fantastic when you're the person keeping up with the other person. Yeah. But when Bradley plays tapestry, and he and we all. Leave the you know leave my office. We go to Walmart. We get our shopping done for the night, and then he's we still stop playing. over at Academy and we're picking up some baseballs. And then we come back and he's like, "I just have two more turns." Okay. <laughs> no, that's the best thing. It's like in tapestry, you you still you haven't even taken your second to last income yet. People are out. It's like I have a whole income phase, a whole other era, and I just get to do whatever I want, back to back to back it's to back. It's awesome when you're doing it. Yeah. Very frustrating if you're not that person. Yeah. Yeah. I am not kidding. There was one time Bradley had so many turns that at the end he looked at us and he said, I have about 45 minutes left to go. I feel like I've gotten you guys already. I'm just going to stop. More like, yeah, you beat us by 150 well, points, Yeah, man. that's the bad thing where it's like you already have more points than them, but you still want to keep going just because you, you have it. To. Yeah, yeah. It's never happened to me live other than that one play with uh, Bradley, but online. Mm-hmm. I have just... Well, it's nice on BGA because you don't have to sit there and wait and let them finish. It's but. true, but there's mm -hmm. been some games where I struggle to score 180 
or 150 or 140, and the rando opponent I just happen to be playing on BGA scores 380 or 500. I don't know how people do that. Like people, put, I'm in the Facebook group for Tapestry, yeah. and people are posting they get five and 600 points. I've never, except okay, whenever I got this the first expansion, uh, Plans and Ploys, I think it was. With those mechanics, oh no, maybe it was Arts and Architecture. Yeah, the second expansion. With those mechanics, I was able to break 300. But before that, I had never broken. And in the rule book, it says 300 is a great score. And so we always strove sure. for that. And we never could get it. I, I can't don't understand. even break 200. I'm just terrible. And I, I was like, okay, I was watching people and I was like, oh, Bradley keeps getting multiple civilizations. That must be the key. Mm -hmm. I've gotten as many as three civilizations and still not broken just 200. A, sometimes you get a really bad draw. You on a get civilization. a civilization and it doesn't give you anything. Yeah, because it's in game or something. Now, the Beans and Dice people, I, I've been loving Tapestry since the start. For whatever reason, it didn't hit for them because oh, the they thought it was going to be like a civilization game. It's and, not. Right, right. It's track the track So game. they finally come around on it, but at first they were like, yeah, I can't even break 100 points. I'm like, I, I couldn't comprehend that. I was yeah. kind of making fun of them a little bit. But uh, no, it's, it's a solid game. I like Tapestry a lot. I did not get the most recent expansion. I felt like I already had all I needed with it whenever they added the fifth track, the um, Fantasies and Futures, the one that just came out. Yeah, it, it, they're not delivering it yet, right? I still, I you still have time to pick it up, right? I think. I, you could still order it, but I think it has delivered. Oh, it started okay. delivering. Expeditions, though. I'm excited about that. I ordered that. Yeah, me too. Well, now I'm trying to remember. I ordered either Expeditions or the Tapestry. No, I ordered Expeditions, so mm -hmm. I got that coming in. Yeah, that one, that one looks up my alley. But the Tapestry one, I was tempted because I like the idea of a box that fits everything. That's yeah, that, exactly. Yeah. I will admit, I do actually like that Arts and Architecture fifth board. I just don't know, does it really help you to win that fifth board? I feel like that track is OP. What, we, we did an experiment, me and Connor, one time, where one game, every time I had the resources for it, I went up that track, went that and track. I won. And then the next game, he did the same thing, and he won. Okay. Now, maybe it was a fluke. What if there's two people going on? Yeah, good you, point. Yeah. You know, but you really focused on that track. Then. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like, that's the one where it's like you can use a wild resource, if I remember, like, or the, I don't remember, but it's not like tied to a specific resource like the other tracks, so it's easier to go there if you don't have the resources you need. Um, thematically, I loved it, obviously, as a, as a theater guy, the, the arts and stuff, but uh, that first expansion, Plans and Ploys, it was kind of just like a more stuff expansion minus those objective cards you get. Okay, yeah. And so Fantasies and Futures felt like more, another more stuff, and so it just wasn't, it didn't... Um, trigger for me but the uh the organizer that's a big deal because i had to take the base organizer out of my game just to fit the expansion uh, buildings in so that folded space would be nice I'm sure. it is it is tough to get everything in that tapestry box it is it's a lot of stuff mm -hmm. uh, i don't know about the plans employees i mean the, the one of the things about the plan, plan plans employees that i like is it's tapestry prelude it gives you that kind of right, right. let's get Which started direction? on on this one particular building that's going to help you. I do like that part. It's funny how every game now that does yeah, that yeah. we call it prelude, right? It, well, yeah. yeah, I mean terraform morph paved the way, I guess. I know it's just we never thought of that term before. I never thought about games that needed a jump start mm -hmm. until prelude. And now I love games. That well, it have doesn't that so much give start. you a jump start as it gives you a direction to look at because it doesn't actually give you anything until you achieve something. Oh, is that what it is? For yeah, Prelude? it's like, I hey, once you start out with more stuff. No, once you have gotten a technology to level two, you get this building. Oh, is that what? It, oh no, you're talking about tapestry. I was talking about terraforming Mars. Oh yes, okay, Prelude sorry. absolutely gives you. Oh yeah, Prelude does. Yeah. Yes, yes. No, you're right. With tapestries, it gives you a direction. I'm going to work on this building, and then it gives me stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it feels like a, a, a kind of a jump start. All right. So if Dre's if Dre's leaving.
Are you interested at all in the expansion to Ares Expedition? I saw Jeremy just got his in. What's that? You brought it with me? No, no. I'm just wondering. So here's... I like Ares Expedition better than uh, Terraforming Mars. I don't know if I'm going to say I like it better, but I think I like it equally. I was initially against the idea of stripping down an already good game to something similar, but then I ended up liking it. But then it's like, okay, we have this game. We're going to make it simpler. Now we're going to add more to it. It's (laughs) like, are we just back to the level of Terraforming Mars? Yeah. But it's definitely more accessible. Absolutely. Uh, I really like um, like Roll for the Galaxy and that same kind of mechanic of the action selection I like with Terraforming Mars. Uh, I mean, with Ares Expedition. I have never understood how to play well on the surface of Mars at all. You're talking about in the base game? In yeah, regular the base game Mars? or any, any of the things. I have never played Mars itself very it's well. It's just the cards you're playing? I'm just playing cards mm-hmm. and trying to get stuff I'm going. the opposite. I, I focus uh, on the board more than the cards. I, I don't understand. I always forget because I don't play it regularly enough. I'll play it once every six months. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember exactly how all the, the different tiles work. You know how the oceans versus the the green. It's just you know, three the, tiles. I know, but it's <laughs> I always forget. So I ended up like I end up kind of just thinking, okay, I'm not. I'm just going to ignore those bees over here, and I'm just going to focus on the cards there. Well, Ares Expedition, I don't have to worry about that. It's yeah. right there in front of you. It's a very familiar mechanic if you played Roll for the Galaxy or mm-hmm. Race for the Galaxy or any any one of the Tom Lehman uh, style games or Puerto Rico or San Juan or any of those games. Mm-hmm. It's that action selection, and everybody gets to do it. Um, but I. I really like it. It's I don't. It's hard to say I like it better than Terraforming Mars. Obviously, if I have two hours, I want to play Terraforming Mars. Yeah. yeah. But it just it's just such a good game just to just to play. So I think that's why I was another reason. Massive Vault. Hello. Hey, Massive Vault. Thanks for checking in. We're talking Terraforming Mars Ares Expedition. If you have thoughts, we've got ears. Yeah. I think that's why I was initially um, turned off by Ares Expedition because it was taking away the the board, which is kind of what my focus usually is. But I think the reason... Oh, thanks I, for the follow. Appreciate it. I think uh, it's because I um, I have all the expansion for Terraforming Mars, and so the deck is like that thick. And so relying on the cards, it's just like, how do I know I'm going to get what I need in there so mm. I focus more on the board? But maybe that's just because I had too many expansions and too big of a deck. 